Renee comes to us today from St. John, New Brunswick. She has recently been appointed by our the Convention of Atlantic Baptist Churches as the Director of Youth and Family Ministries. Uh, she is an alumnus of Acadia Divinity College. Uh, we mentioned last evening, Dr. Brackney, as we were introducing ourselves, mentioned uh, Renee's uh, thesis at the time when she completed her uh, MA. Uh, it's being an outstanding piece of work. And uh, so we, it wasn't hard for us as we were anticipating who would we invite to come to experience uh, Acadia did, and we thought of Renee, but it didn't take us very long at all. So we're glad that you've accepted our invitation to come. We appreciated very much your message last evening. Uh, Renee was born in Halifax. Um, she has um, lived in various places. Ottawa is a significant place. Evelyn, you'll have to chat with her. If you look in Evelyn's office, you'll see a picture of the Rideau Canal there. Uh, I tell Evelyn she can go there for a couple of months, you know, every two months she goes, but she has to come back. So we're glad that you've been there, but that you're here now. Um, Renee recently has been involved uh, in the pastoral ministry at the River Cross Church in St. John, formerly Main Street Baptist Church. And so she comes to us with um, a lot of ministry experience. Formerly also, I think when you were a student here, you were involved in North and South Alton churches, and your ministry there continues to be felt. Um, I wanted to tell you as well that uh, she lived for a while in Scotland. She was on a youth ministry team, or was a youth pastor, I believe, in Scotland. And she said, I said to her, who influenced you in terms of coming back? She had a strong sense of preparation, needed to prepare herself more deeply for ministry. And she said, well, it's a long story. Really, the Lord was the one uh, who uh, called me, so I want to hear that, more about that. So welcome, Renee. I want to pray with you just before you begin this morning. Let's pray together. Father, we're grateful for your servant, Renee, and we pray for her that you would grant to her your peace and that you give to her um, the ability to articulate your word to us today uh, with the depth of meaning and that we would be open to receive from you and willing to follow through in the things that you teach in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. God bless you. I'm going to help you with this, I think. All right. Just so that it's there. I'll try to stay near to it. <laughs> good morning. Good to see everybody here and getting to know a number of you. And I literally ran into God's grace as a young adult when I was doing my undergrad at Simon Fraser University. And that has radically changed me. It was a slow change, but a radical change in the direction of my life. And most recently, that's led me to now be serving in a new role just as of a month ago as the Director of Youth and Family Ministries for the Convention of Atlantic Baptist Churches. And the whole reason that that department exists is to strengthen churches and sharpen leaders in their ministry to the next generation so that we'll see more lives changed together. And so really excited about what's happening there and, and getting my feet wet there. And today, thank you, Evan, so much for reading that passage. I didn't give you easy names to read. <laughs> well done. Um, wanted to start by thinking about, have you ever been invited to somebody's home, and you haven't been there be before, and it's a little awkward, you're not sure if it's the kind of home where you need to use a coaster or not, you know, not sure if it's the kind of home where it's okay to get up and get seconds or not, not sure if you should put your feet on the coffee table or not. 
Not sure if politics and religion are like no-goes or you can talk about them. Maybe you felt like that the first time you walked through the doors of ADC. You thought, how am I supposed to address the profs? And am I supposed to bring my Bible or my laptop to chapel? And that ping pong table in the student lounge, is it actually used for ping pong? Or did it just like pile commentaries and Greek cue cards on it? It's actually used for ping pong. Now we know. You ever been there wondering where you fit, if you belong? I remember distinctly in middle school, the first time I was invited to a girl-guy party, first official one. And I remember arriving, and I had this gift, and it was clearly the wrong gift. It would have been good a year or two ago, but now it was clearly immature. And I was wearing jeans and a t-shirt, and that might have been fine for the playground, but not for this party. And the games that we played, well, let's just say they weren't uh, hide-and-seek and hopscotch anymore. (laughs) And I remember feeling so out of place just having that sense that I don't belong here and I could not wait to get home where my jeans and t-shirt were just fine and I could put my feet up on the coffee table and I knew I belonged. Maybe you've had some situations like this where you're looking around and cues start to tell you, I'm not sure I fit here. Maybe you finally got the courage to go back to the gym and then realized, oh, jogging pants went out of style a long time ago. (laughs) Maybe you're at a party and you suddenly feel embarrassed to share what you do for work or what you don't do for work. You've been there where you start picking up on cues, I don't think I quite fit here. Where do I fit? Where do I belong? I know it's scarring to bring up such experience in the chapel. So now let's turn that around and think of the opposite. Think of those places where you know you truly belong. You truly fit. Maybe by the end of the night it feels already like a second home. That you could share anything. You don't have to second guess what you're saying. You know where you can put your feet. You just fit. And something that is true of every single one of us in this room is we need places where we know we fit. Places where we know we belong. And today I'd like us to use the image of the table as that symbol of a place of belonging. So the table is a place of belonging. And maybe you can even remember special times around tables. Dinner tables, games tables, picnic tables, plain old kitchen tables, calf tables. And today we're going to look at that table of King David and who he chose to invite to that table. So read for us by Evan was 2 Samuel. And I'm going to read it again, but with a number of interruptions. So 2 Samuel, starting at verse 9. David, David, who's the new king, asked, Is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now why would David want to show kindness to the house of Saul? Just so we're clear, Saul, the previous king, was not very nice to David at all. In fact, he chased him all over the place trying to kill him. But Jonathan, who was Saul, Saul's son, 
Jonathan and David were best friends. So why would David want to show kindness to the house of the family of Saul? Well, it might partly be because David was a remarkable man. And he wanted to show loyalty to Saul no matter what. It might have partly been for political reasons to try to bring together the two divided kingdoms of Judah and Israel. But it was probably mainly for this third reason that he wanted to show kindness to descendants of his best friend, Jonathan. When you make a pack, a promise with a best friend, it sticks. And they had promised to look out for each other. So David asks around and says, Is there anyone left from Jonathan's family? And here's what he finds out in verse 2. Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Zippah. They summoned him to appear before David, and the king said to him, Are you Zippah? At your service, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul of whom I can show God's kindness? Zippah answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. And that's significant. Where is he? The king asked. Zippah answered, He is at the house of Merkur, son of Emil, in Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Merkur, son of Emil. And when Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. So Mephibosheth would arrive at the king's palace very afraid. Unsure of what was going to happen. Do you know what a king usually did to the previous king's family? Yeah, you got it. Killed them off. Didn't want them rising up to take back the throne. And so Mephibosheth arrives, fearing for his life and feeling very out of place, very unworthy. But the story goes on in verse 6. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you the land that belonged to you, your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Not the servant's table, not a separate table, at the king's table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Those are strong words, dead dog. Why would he call himself a dead dog? Well, Mephibosheth is feeling so unworthy. He has shown up at the king's house feeling like sometimes we feel, what am I doing here? Looking around and feeling like, do I even belong here? How did I even end up at ADC? And Mephibosheth, we know, was crippled. And left out in the real world to fend for himself in his day, that meant a life of real hardship, a life of being forgotten, a life of struggle. Out in the real world, he was like a stray dog, as good as dead. So calling, him, calling himself a dead dog is Mephibosheth's way of saying, what's going on here, king? You and I both know I don't deserve to be here. What's going on here, king? You and I both know I don't fit with your kind. You and I both know that I'm considered lame and useless. What's going on here? I do not feel qualified to be here. 
you and I both know, King, that my life is like a stray dog. You're the king, and I'm a dead dog. We're worlds apart. I do not fit in your palace at your table, King David. But the story goes on. Then the king summoned Zippah, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may always be provided for. And Mephibosheth's grandson of your master will always eat at my table. Then Zippah said to the king, Your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and all the members of Zippah's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. Don't you love that line? He always ate at the king's table. They say it three times in the story in Scripture. I don't think they want us to miss it. It wasn't just friendliness at the door, David having coffee with Mephibosheth, turning around and saying hi on the Sabbath. It was an invitation to belong, to become family. And Mephibosheth found his place of belonging at the king's table. He was treated as a son. He fit. He belonged. And you see where this is going, don't you? The image of Mephibosheth finding his place of belonging around the king's table shows us such a picture of the gospel of grace. God's grace that we get to extend to one another. And as we use the table as a symbol of belonging, let's think more deeply about the table and what it represents. I'd say the table shows our need. A table is a place we all gather, we all come to, because we have the human need to eat. doesn't matter who you are, king or a peasant, you need to eat. And so we all come to the table with need, with some admission of our humanity. And the, t- the table is a place where our humanity is welcomed. But the truth is, our needs run a lot deeper than food, don't they? You and I have deeper needs and longings than hunger, and those needs are welcomed at the king's table as well. A lot of times we don't let anyone else see those needs. It's just easier to make people think we have it all together. But think about this invitation to the king's table that was extended to Mephibosheth. He came with great need. He came lame in both feet. And in his day, that meant survival was hard. He came needing protection, (coughs) needing family. Both his father and his grandfather were dead. He came with need as he questioned his own worth. Did he really belong? Should he be here at this table? And he discovered that David's table was a place where he could come just as he was. Crutches and all, loneliness and all, doubts and all. Because our humanity is welcomed at the table. Our needs might be less obvious than Mephibosheth's, but we all come with need. All come with some messiness. 
And what a table where our needs are safe. We can put our difficulties and struggles on display, our wounds, our warts, our worries, all of us, and we're safe. And this is deep biblical hospitality that God invites us to experience with him and with one another, creating space and time for people to take their masks off and show all their weirdness and quirks, space and time to be human together. The table is a place of belonging where we all come with need. But there's a second image that I really enjoy in the table. And it's this of it being the king's table. So think about the table now as a representation of God's table. Where yes, we come with a recognition of our need, of our sin, of our brokenness, of our need for God in our lives. And we are welcomed. But also the Lord's table where he heals and restores. Do you recall in in Psalm 23, um, particularly verse 5, where the psalmist, it's actually King David before he's king, says, You, God, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. That one verse gives us three beautiful images of what it's like at God's table. In the presence of my enemies. To sit at God's table, we are safe from our enemies. In the ancient world, if you were enjoying hospitality at somebody's table, you were hands off. It was like yelling out, ollie, ollie, oxen free. Remember that? No one could touch you. No enemy could come near you. Anyone that was trying to settle debts with you couldn't deal with you while you were at your friend's table. You were safe. Safe to be you. Safe to enjoy. Safe from enemies. And then it says, you anoint my head with oil. When we sit at the Lord's table, he pours his oil over us, a symbol of joy and blessing, of welcome, true welcome, that he is overjoyed to have us at his table, that we feel joy as we sit with him and share our lives. He's glad we're there. And he welcomes our conversation wherever it goes. He, the king, takes joy in you and delights in you at his table. And then it says, my cup overflows. When we sit at the Lord's table, he keeps filling our cup. In the ancient world, if your host let your cup run dry, it was a symbol that it was time to skedaddle. They wanted you gone. You'd outstayed your welcome. But if they kept filling up your cup, it was a sign to you that, please stay. I'm enjoying your company. Please stay longer. And it says here, the Lord loves us so much that he keeps filling our cup to overflowing. It's his way of saying, stay. Stay longer. And I will keep being here with you and being generous to you and provide for you. Stay. I love your company, and you belong here. That's what it's like around the Lord's table. A place of safety, of joy, and a welcome that never goes away. A place of real belonging. The Lord wants you at his table. 
And when we know what it's like to be at the Lord's table, how much it's changed us to be at the King's table, we want to extend that same welcome, that invitation to belonging to other people. That's the welcome that the King David gave to Mephibosheth. And just as the Lord had given to David this safety, this joy, this welcome that never goes away, David gave that to Mephibosheth. Safety, joy, and a deep welcome. And as ministers of the gospel, that each and every one of us are, this is part of our privilege in joining in God's work. And I can think of no, nothing greater than being a part of welcoming people to God's table. Around the Lord's table is where broken people and strangers are welcomed and become family. The church is designed to be the place to reflect God's table. And at his table, the king himself transforms us as he changes us from the inside out. Each and every one of our tables, each and every one of our churches that we are a part of, are really a representation of the Lord's table. Have you ever thought of it that way? Your table, your kitchen table, your breakfast nook, your dining room table, your table in the student lounge, is really a representation of the Lord's table. A spot where the Lord is at work to knit your life together with others, to show His grace, His love, His safety, His belonging. And so if our tables are really a representation of the Lord's table, how are we doing? If our tables, our churches represent the Lord's table, what is it like around your table? Could you say that your table represents that same welcome? Could you say it represents the Lord's table? Who would be around your table if it really represents represented the Lord's table? Can folks show up with their humanity, their need, their struggle, no masks, and find a welcome? Are we offering Christian communities, churches, where people can come with gaping wounds and bullseye sins, and we'd say, come, sit at our table. Come, not just sit in our row, but join our circle where we're meeting with the king who is changing us. Will we let our tables represent the Lord's table? And I'm going to push us a little bit here. I know the Maritimes is known as a friendly, hospitable place, and I'm proud to say that I was born in the Maritimes, born in Halifax. Um, But you heard a little earlier, although I was born here, I was a military kid. And so I moved around quite a bit, mostly in big cities in Ottawa, Toronto, and Vancouver. But every summer, my parents would bring us back to the Maritimes to visit. And after visiting, when I would go back to those big cities and I'd be telling my friends about this wonderful place where you wave to people and they wave back. (laughs) Where you smile and nod at them and they smile back. Where you get gas and when you're going to pay for it, they actually ask you about your day and wait for a response. (laughs) And I'd say this to my friends in the big city and they'd say, Really? Such a magical place exists. (laughs) And I would tell him, I'm an eyewitness to such things. It's true. But here's where I want to push. 
I am so glad that we are known for being friendly. But I wonder sometimes how deep that goes, especially in our churches. There is a friendly welcome, but I wonder how often we kind of say, that's far enough. And when we think about this kind of hospitality, the hospitality that God offers to us, the depth of hospitality we see around King David's table with Mephibosheth, the hospitality that we know Jesus showed, how deep does our maritime hospitality really go? And is it time to go deeper? So that as we go deeper in our hospitality with God, deeper in our hospitality with others, we get to experience belonging at the king's table together. Will we let our tables represent the Lord's table? Fellow ministers, this is our high calling to invite people, especially those feeling like stray dogs, to the Lord's table to discover God's safety, his joy, and his overwhelming welcome. May our tables, our churches, be places where broken people, just like us, are welcomed and made new by the King. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you, and we are overwhelmed by this welcome that you extend to us. That you would say to us, come just as you are, and you will give us all the safety we need, all the joy we need, the overwhelming welcome. And God, may it transform us as we sit at your table and allow you to change us from the inside out. But God, we never want it to end there. We pray for our tables, our tables at home, our tables in this community, our tables in this university, our tables wherever we're from, that our tables more and more would come and represent your table. And God, we pray this in particular for our churches, that in our churches people would be welcomed as if they would be welcomed to the king's table. We pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. <coughs>